Hi, I'm Case Ellers. And I'm Mark Jones. And this is the In It Together podcast. No matter what level of experience you have in real estate, navigating the ever-changing real estate market can be tricky. Each week, my co-host Mark and I will bring you valuable tips, tricks, and trade secrets from our favorite industry experts, colleagues, and friends. Sit back and relax because we're about to get started. But most of all, I hope you realize that no matter how complicated the real estate industry can be, you're going to walk away knowing we're in it together. On today's episode, our guest is uh, real estate attorney Monica Jones with the Friar Law Firm. Monica is a graduate of Seton Hill College and the Villanova School of Law, and after a career as a solo practitioner practicing family law, residential real estate, immigration, and probate law, she fell in love with the process of providing a seamless experience to all her clients, consumers and agents alike, and began focusing solely on residential real estate law. Monica, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm very excited and actually also nervous. (laughs) <laughs> to be here, but I'm... <laughs> no I, need to be nervous. We're just having a conversation. <laughs> it's just us. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, so Monica, your your background in law includes so many different aspects of it. Um, you know, but you had mentioned to me that you had an experience with your father that really solidified your love for residential real estate. So would you share that with our listeners? Yes, I definitely will share that with uh, the listeners. It is a story with a little bit of a twist, because if you read it on my bio online, um, you think that that was the wonderful experience. So it was a closing that I went to with my father years ago, and it was at an attorney whom I knew quite well. It was at her office, and it was in the heyday of when you know, closings were just completely abundant. It was before the crash, if you all can remember that. Mm -hmm. And I think she was trying to handle three closings at one time. So she kept coming in and out, in and out, in and out. And it was very disturbing to my father, who's a physician, and it doesn't take much to get physicians um, a little upset. They need to stay focused. Mm -hmm. And I essentially said, you can just leave the documents here. I'll take over. And that really is what catapulted me towards residential real estate. Um, I didn't want anyone to have an experience like my father had. I wanted them to be informed, to walk away with not having any questions. And if you've um, heard anybody talk about my closings or come to a closing, it really is a party because it's, it's, it should be anticlimactic. Um, everything that you needed to have taken care of should have been taken care of before you got to the closing table. Right. No drama. No drama. No drama at all. I love that. Yeah. I love that. That's yeah. so that's so interesting. I, I got into the real estate business because I had a terrible transaction with my first purchase and it was like, I could do better than that. <laughs> I don't want anyone to go through what I went through. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So you're one of our um, closing attorney partners at our office, and you handle hundreds of transactions every year. Um, I'm sure you see a lot. So tell me, um, give me two or three things that you think um, real estate agents should know that they don't know or should know about. 
Okay, so again, I'm going to give this to you with just a little bit of a twist, if that's okay. Sure. Is that all right? Yeah, okay, I love because, a twist. Um, because, and it may be because I've been doing it for so long, I'm really not focusing on what we do or what I do as the closing attorney, sure. but really what I see mm -hmm. um, with regards to um, real estate agents. And it's a mistake that I almost made. So I did come up with three of them. So three of the biggest things that I wish more agents understood mm -hmm. is one, really the failure to negotiate the closing attorney. Um, mm -hmm. That may be seemingly self-interest here, but it really makes the difference on whom you close with. And I so many times hear agents say, well, we had to go with, never offering as a counter the right. real estate closing office mm -hmm. and then not really understanding until there's an issue that that office that they did go with can't resolve. Now, here's right. the thing. I'm not saying that those other closing attorneys are inept or incompetent at all. They could have been closing attorneys like when I was a solo practitioner. I only exclusively um, provided um, title policies with one large title insurer, mm. which is great, but it's great. It's not so great when you come into an issue because title insurers are just like other insurance companies. They have certain risk aversion and the title insurer that I utilize, they didn't like a lot of risk. Mm. So at Friar Law Firm, which is where I am now, we actually partner with the three large um, insurance companies. They're phenomenal. They've been around for decades. And so, you know, you've got that um, reputation behind you. And we have not only one that we can pose an issue to, but we have two others if we need to. And that's oftentimes great. that's really what's going on is it's not so much that the closing attorney, it may be that the closing attorney doesn't know how to resolve the issue, but it also may be that their title underwriter simply is telling them they cannot close it. Mm. So that's one of the biggest things. That's huge. Um, mm -hmm. And then number two is um, not really, uh, this is probably for non-seasoned agents, not really getting what negotiation is and mm -hmm. getting upset when a co-op agent comes back and make a request um, to them. I firmly believe it's negotiation at its finest and you when you take on a client, you should be advocating or acting in their best interest. And that may mean asking a question that you think you know the answer to. Um, sometimes no's at the beginning of a transaction become yeses towards the end of the transaction, particularly sure. if you stay in communication with the other agent. I don't mean give away information that your client doesn't want you to give away. But I do mean staying in communication. And that's becoming a lost art as more agents go to texting only. You Agreed. really got to pick up the phone and have a conversation. And then the last thing that I see is really, um, and I'm thinking about a transaction in particular, and it was with a top producer. Mm. Um, it, um, really owning that you're the expert. Their client was buying a high price point. Their client is highly educated. They come from finance department. 
they're not in they're in they were in upper management but that client really um because of their insistence on how an amendment needed to be written cost themselves a week and a half getting into the property and then look to the agent as well as us in order to resolve their issue when they're the ones that cause the issue wow so really earning that you are the expert in the room and even though that you may have educated clients you're the one that does the buying and the selling and the negotiating um day in and day out i love that yeah, so very useful you know things that i i think a lot of uh, especially to what you just said, I, a lot of agents, it's, they don't empower themselves enough for sure. And I was just going to say, I, I love the sort of message there too, of like honing your craft, yeah. right? Like you have to be an expert. Like I always say that like attorneys go to school for a really long time to, to learn how to do what they do and they command respect that way. And I don't understand why agents think that going through their real estate school for two weeks um, is going to command the same level of respect if they don't become an expert in their craft. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that, that's a huge thing. Huge. Yeah. Well, Monica, I know partnering with agents from the very beginning of their transaction is a really important part of your process. And why do you think it, it's beneficial for agents to engage with you at that point and have their clients engage with you from the start? Um, and how does that help you manage their experience better? Um, well, I can give you a very good example right now on, I, I wish that the agent would have reached out before they ever went to their listing appointment, which is what I always say, before you ever go to the listing appointment, because I actually take the time to go and look, I do a very, very cursory review of a title, examination, but I want to see if there are any issues that I see blaringly so we can address them at, at the beginning before you ever go on that appointment. Um, and we have one right now um, that I'm dealing with. And what happens is everybody wants to get to the closing table. But what happens, what's happening right now is a young man who this is going to be his first time purchasing a property may or may not be able to get in this to this property because of just a misstep, really, um, but it's becoming a big misstep because um, there's a seller who may or may not want to cooperate. Mm. That's that's, and, and that's at the sort end of important day, to know, right? <laughs> yes, yeah. So I, the reason why is because I want the transaction to close. I I really do believe that this is uh, one of the largest investments that most people are making, and um, they're very nervous. People are very stressed and it's on both sides, um, whether they communicate it out loud or not. Mm -hmm. And they, they want a pleasant experience um, as much as possible. And the sooner that I can enter into that um, transaction with the individual, the better that I can make that transaction. And that. I'm going to see things that the agent's not going to see. Absolutely. Well, and and you've you've got a, a much different perspective looking at the title and things like that than than a real estate agent's going to have. Mm -hmm. we, we just had a situation where an agent um, listed a property, 
uh, and it was in the name of an LLC. And he just assumed the LLC on the deed was the same as it was on the tax record um, and was the same as the client's LLC. And it turned out he didn't really ask the question. So by assuming that he ended up listing a property that we weren't sure we were going to be able to close because we didn't really understand the chain of title. And right. in looking through it, we figured out, oh, the, LL the first LLC was the company that bought a tax lien. Um, and then that was different than his LLC. And mm. the deed had the people's name on it, but then we were able to get the deeds where those people uh, quick claim their, their interest to mm -hmm. our seller. So he did have the right to sell it. So it worked out okay, but boy, right. it was very stressful thinking that, wow, we have a, a house we're trying to sell here and we may not even have the right to sell it. Right, 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 yeah. There's someone else too in our office who's selling kind of a non-conforming property with an easement. And he's repeatedly said to me, he's like, you know, I really wish I would have had our closing attorney look at it before I listed it because the property has been under contract now for three months. He's trying to get a neighbor to agree to have an easement agreement. So this way people could actually have access to the home and mm -hmm. it's been a total nightmare. So there's, a, mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff that you do in the background, Monica. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So tell us a war story. You see a lot of crazy stuff, I'm sure. So tell us a war story from your time in, in doing residential real estate closings. Right. Um, so one, just one, the <laughs> war story. Um, it several years ago, this is back when I was um, so a solo practitioner. And I have clients that I had known for quite some time. They're very good clients. They owned a business together, and they also, another way that they brought in income was real estate. So they had multiple investment properties. Mm -hmm. And for one of their investment properties, I, I don't know how, and I say that because people always ask me, shouldn't they have known about this much sooner? But title got transferred from out of their name. And that's when they picked up the phone, called me, and said, hey, we don't know what's going on, but... Um, title is not in our name anymore. So I did a very quick search and I found out, okay, well, I know what's going on. This was sold at sheriff's tax sale. So that means somebody didn't pay the taxes. They actually, for whatever reason, were financing this investment property. So it means their lender did not send in the payment for their taxes. And title had been transferred to who, the company that bought it at the tax sale. Um, and they said, okay, great. We still need for you to resolve this issue for us. And I said, I'm sure that you bought a title insurance policy when you bought this property. Um, can you please locate it? And they were able to locate it. And I said, you know, I love the fact that you came to me and you want to give me money, um, but you have a title insurance policy. And that's exactly what the title insurance policy is for, is to assist you in these situations. So I connected them with the title um, insurer. The title insurer stepped in and um, redeemed the property. So of course they would have had to have paid the money to the um, company that bought it at the sheriff's tax sale. And then right. they put title back into their name. Wow. Yeah, that would mm -hmm. be stressful. <laughs> yes, it's very, very stressful, very stressful. 
and again, I, I could have I could have taken over in doing that, but that is the reason why you buy title insurance. Absolutely. It is those sort of reasons. I, I wish more agents would uh, understand title insurance better and uh, advocate more for people to purchase, an, especially an enhanced uh, title policy. Policy, yes, yes. Which I always remind people the SCAR contract calls for us to issue an enhanced policy. Right. When it's available, when it's yep. available. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you had to pick uh, one thing that's really attributed to your success as an attorney, um, what, what would that be? Just give us, give us the first thing that comes to your mind. Um, so being a residential real estate closing attorney, it was being intentional. I actually uh, was practicing another area of law and was miserable. Like mm. I cried every day. <laughs> oh, no. um, that was family law. Yeah, it's very, yeah, there's some people that love that. I did not love that. Yeah. But I was very intentional in this is the area of law that I wanted to be in. And it's because it's very proactive. It's mm -hmm. a proactive area of law. Yeah, and, and generally ends in something positive happening and ha happy. <laughs> yes. Yes, even when there's seemingly something that may be unhappy attached to it, it does usually end very happy. Right. I love that. Well, intention, you can never be too intentional, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. If you had an overarching philosophy or mantra for your business, what do you think it would be, Monica? I don't. So this is what I'm going to say. I'm not sure if it's completely answering your question, but it's the thing that I always think about, um, particularly coming from a household where my father um, had his own, still has his own practice. He's 82 years old um, and it's the physician, but he taught me years ago, um, quote unquote competition, and I do put it on, in quotes is good that you should always enter into conversations with people and see where you've got like things and then where you have um, things that are dissimilar. And you would be very surprised at the number of uh, business relationships that I was able to begin. And people may have said, said at the outset, well, we do the same thing, don't we? And I'm like, well, let's really see. Just because we have the same title attorney doesn't necessarily mean we do the same thing, even sure. if it's residential real estate attorney. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. That's great. So, Do you have a favorite book um, or um, podcast or something that you listen to that's uh, inspired you or changed your perspective or something like that? So um, the book that I thought about and I haven't actually picked it up in a long time. Um, it is by Max Lucado, and it's the 360-degree leader. I don't know if you are familiar with him. And I don't remember the specifics, but I can tell you what it left me with is that no matter where you are in your leadership and or management, that you can impact the organization that you're in. Mm. And that's what, it, that's what it left me with. So from the janitor to middle management to the president, you can always impact the organization that you um, are working for. And I, I love what I do, absolutely adore what I do. I was intentional again years ago in, 
in choosing this. And I always think, um, I'm very thankful the fact that I get to do what I love. And most people, they don't have this experience. Yeah. That's the beauty of our, our industry. There's a lot of people like us that chose yeah. to be in residential real estate um, because we did other things and we, we didn't find satisfaction or, or f fulfillment in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. right. Sweet. I gotta read that book. Same. <laughs> on my list. Okay, good deal. Yay. Yay. Well, our podcast is here to also inspire other entrepreneurs. Do you have a best piece of advice you would want to pass along to other people? Um, for what I find when I talk to people that want to go out on their own, or let's say they've gotten their broker's license, but haven't hired any agents, um, what's stopping them is either, um, it's fear, we know ultimately, um, and it's they want to have the answers to all the questions. And really letting go of that and empowering themselves to um, make relationships with people so they have resources. I certainly don't have the answers to all the questions. Um, I did not, but I definitely surrounded myself with other attorneys and other experts that I could reach out to and ask questions of. And I would let my clients know. That was the other thing. I wouldn't hide that I didn't know an answer. I would say, I don't know the answer, but I can get it for us or I can get us a resource where we will be pointed in the right direction. I love that. And no one in, no one in this industry knows everything um, mm -hmm. that there is to know. So it's having that network of people that you have relationships with that you can go to. And you're one of ours that we call when we have a problem that we don't know how to handle. Um, so I love that. It's great yeah. advice for any real estate agent, for sure. Yeah, having, having that support system is huge. And it not only does that inspire people to maybe go and take a leap that maybe they weren't going to because they didn't have the right support system, but um, I know for me, it, it having an office like you know ours with Mark and you as a partner, I mean, it definitely helps empower me because I know again, like I have people I could go to to ask questions to because. I don't know how Mark does it every day, like answering you know, <laughs> the questions he has to. I'm like, I don't want to do that, but you know. <laughs> it's fine. I, I just reach out I, to people will, like Monica and they give me the answer. <laughs> no, and I will say the same because we've had transactions with, um, um, I'm thinking of one in particular with a newer agent from your office. And I said, did you tell Mark about this? <laughs> this? And they were like, yes, I've already talked to Mark and I've talked to Kate. And I was like, okay, good. Good. Excellent. <laughs> Go through the first line of defense first. Yes. <laughs> Team yes. yes. Well, I know enough to know when agents start getting in certain areas, I'm like, mm, you really, your broker really needs to know about what's going on right now. Yeah. <laughs> Let's steer you over there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So you want them to hear it from you, not from the angry person. Right. Yeah. We appreciate that. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Monica, thanks so much for coming on the show. If someone wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way to, for them to do that? They actually can old school call me what? or email me. I'm available. Yes. My phone number is available online. Um, and we're at friarclosings.com. All of my information is there. 
Um, I don't hide it, and uh, I'm I'm more than happy to speak to somebody over the phone or speak to somebody via email. I love it. And yeah, I love the old school. I I answer my phone. It's so refreshing. (laughs) Yes. It really is. Definitely. Um, Well, that's all for us today, Monica. We really enjoyed having you on our show. Um, For all of you listening, don't forget to like and rate our podcast and your preferred podcast podcast platforms because the more ratings we get the more we can build our audience with cool people like yourself i'm case and i'm mark and we're in it together